Before we get started in this episode, a quick announcement. As you know, I'm very passionate about acceptance and commitment therapy, and I also run a busy practice in Canberra. We're currently looking for psychologists who are registered in Australia to join our team, who are also passionate about learning about ACT. We provide supervision on a group and individual basis and training around ACT. So if this is you, if you're interested, please express your interest at strategicpsychology.com.au forward slash careers. Look forward to hearing from you. And now back to this episode. Okay, life can be crazy. You're feeling like you're sinking. Just trying to find a meaning. It's time for better thinking. Yeah, better thinking. Time to tune in. Let's go. Welcome back to Better Thinking. My name is Nesh Nikolic, and today's guest again is Dr. John Gray. Today's topic is relationships, how to go out and survive your relationship during COVID-19, but more importantly, enhance it. John's got some great insights in this episode, and I think you're going to really enjoy it. Please also remember, if you like this episode and previous ones, subscribe, tell others, share it. It does make a difference for me, so thank you. Dr. John Gray, a big thank you for coming back onto the show. You're actually our first guest to appear twice, so thank you. Thank you so much. John, it was uh, exciting for me to, to you know, reach out again, have a bit of a chat about how couples can go out and try and maintain or, or pick up that spark uh, in their relationships, considering COVID, you know, spending so much time together. I know that's something that we've seen in our clinic where there's been, you know, some, some uh, rougher times uh, for, for some, uh, just spending so much time together. So I thought, it's probably best to uh, reach out and have a chat chat with someone who knows what they're doing. Well, first of all, let me share one win that happened recently. I just had dinner with you last night with my one of my daughters and her husband and their two children. And the daughter is like 14, 15. The son is around 10 or 11. And uh, they're no longer, they're having to do their homework at home, their school at home. The family's always together. And they've never had it better. My daughter said, oh, this is a, it's a dream come true. Normally my daughter would be off with her friends all the time. My son would be off doing things. We as a family, we've just focused on harmony and positivity. Uh, we're playing games. We're participating and they're, you know, uh, and, they're, and they're learning. They're able to talk about things, ask us questions rather than a teacher. They're just practicing good communication skills. And they said, it's never been better for us as a family because they're forced to be with us and they need us. And we know how the good communication skills. So that's where communication comes in as well as lifestyle. Now I have to emphasize here that my daughter, Juliet doesn't have to work because she has a husband who has a job and he's able to do his job online. So he's able to work and she's able to have this time with her children and she has a job, but uh, they're not dependent on her job for finances. So she's a chef. She normally does these parties and everything for food and she can't do that now, but she now doesn't have to have the pressure of her job. So she's with the kids because her husband is able to make enough money. So when that's the situation, oh my goodness, a dream come true for her, but that's not the case for everybody else but I'll look at why that dynamic works for them. Besides needing good communication skills, it's, it's a hormonal reality. Happiness is a hormone. We just have to know, it's a mindset, 
but the mindset doesn't do anything unless we have the hormonal foundation for it. And love and cooperation and patience and generosity and forgiveness. These are all mindsets that create good relationship, but you can't hold that mindset. You can't if you don't have the physiology to support it. That's what we have to recognize is men and women require different physiology in order to feel loving, in order to be patient, in order to apply the insights that I teach. And, you know, we will explore some of those insights today, but primarily even to apply them, I remember to do them, you need to be moving in the direction of finding what I call hormonal balance. And for that, and then we can get into question and answers. I love to do questions. So the first one is when couples are together, why couples are having so much distress uh, during this time is one of the foundations is a shift in a reality means we have to shift our skills and our approach and understanding. So one thing that happens is when you have a successful relationship and then COVID comes along, people can't go out as much and so forth. We have to think about how we were when we were single, you know, if we're in a relationship. Now we, we basically have a life. We have friends, we have education, we have our work, we have routine, we have good food. You know, if we're happy, we're doing a lot of different things that we depend on to be happy. You know, if I didn't have my work, I just would be stressed. It'd be huge. I have to find something to do. And, uh, you know, we, we have to have these different needs fulfilled. And then somebody else comes along and fulfills the need for partnership and romance and sex. Oh, my God. It's like a, a million bucks just came into my house. I, I just like, they make me so much happier. And that's really what a good relationship is. We look to our life to make us happy. We look to our partner to make us happier. They have a tremendous power effect because part of what intimacy is, is allowing somebody to have a big effect on us. And so basically my partner has my experience over the past before COVID, my partner has the power to make me happier, primarily because I'm already somewhat happy with my life, meeting other needs. So if we think about these other needs as vitamins. Uh, we know biologically to be healthy and happy, you need vitamin A, B, C, D, E, F. Now let's say you have all your vitamins, but you don't have vitamin D. Then if you went out into the sunshine, sunshine produces vitamin D. All you'd have to do to feel great is go out and see the sun and your day would light up. But if you don't have any of the other vitamins and you go out into the sun, it gives you vitamin D, but it doesn't work. It doesn't have the same effect on you unless you've got all the other vitamins. So our partner cannot have the same effect they've had in the past on us. And so we have an experience of dissatisfaction, unfulfilled expectations, and suddenly dissatisfaction activates stress hormones. Stress hormones activate another part of the brain, uh, which is conditioned, it's reactive, it's overreactive, and we tend to have what we might call our worst self. So couples get into an argument and they lose it. Uh, they just, uh, or they stuff it all down and they lose it because they've got so much building up. Because once you start feeling complaining, it builds on itself and there's more and more and more because you're not getting what you need. And this is like really, really significant. Now, uh, then you bring out the worst in your partner and then you form the belief, oh, my partner's a narcissist. Oh, my partner never really loved me. Or I don't know if I really loved them ever. And how could they say that thing to that? That means that they must not really love me. And that becomes a belief based upon an old fashioned notion that um, 
if, if a person loses control and they express negativity, then they reveal their true colors. That's what they really, really feel. So what you really feel is you never wanted to marry me in the first place, or what you really feel is I'm a loser. <laughs> and why should I be with you? You know, we think that's what they really, really feel. No, that's not what they really, really feel. That's what they feel when their brain is not working correctly. They're temporarily out of balance. And we know this to be the case. This is biological. Literally, you know, when your heart is open and you're interacting, you'll see there's blood flow that goes to the front part of the brain. That's the, the, the adult side of us, the human side of us. Literally, scientists will say that this is where you have human DNA in the limbic system, all of our emotional conditioning. That's where you have monkey DNA. And in your instincts, sex drive and digestion and regeneration, all that's instinctive. You don't have any control over it. It's unconscious. You can control where you put it when it comes to sex or who you do it with. But what happens inside, it's circumstances, a situation. This is instinct, condition responses. And then the prefrontal cortex is the ability to reflect on these reactions and go, is that how I really feel or is there another part of it? Because whenever you're in a conditioned response, you're never telling the complete truth. You're only in a partial truth. So it's not really complete. And so we have to realize right now, it's hard to know what's real. And if you're having negative feelings, don't believe them. Just don't believe them. This is temporary insanity, temporary craziness, temporarily, you know, what you become if things get really bad. And what can we situation about in those moments because they are classic times for someone to you know go inside and feel something and we can sometimes attribute you know so much from our feelings we can be very reliant on feelings what what should we remind ourselves in those times when we're feeling hurt in pain when we're suffering yeah yeah it's really it's it's so painful because see we open ourselves up when we get married particularly in that situation we're allowing somebody to see us without any defenses. We're actually, we get undressed with them and emotionally we have a few defenses. So if they're, if they're judging us or being critical of us, they're also feeling hurt and they're getting defensive and reactive. And then we get hurt and then we get defensive reactive. And then we start to feel lies. Now, this is that if we could do a little moment here on what's called emotional intelligence and get the foundation of emotional intelligence is that, if you have negative emotions, they're associated with feelings. Now, most people think feelings and emotions are the same thing. So let's clarify that. Feeling is a way of knowing what you experience to be true, okay? Feeling is how I know what my thoughts are. You can't tell me what I'm thinking. You can't say to me, no, that's not what you're thinking, John. You're thinking this. I go, no, no, I know what I'm thinking. <laughs> I feel my thoughts, okay? So I can feel my thoughts. I, I know them as within me. I have my beliefs. I feel like you don't love me. Well, you can't convince me that I don't feel that. But when I feel you don't love me, does that mean that you really truly don't love me? No, it just means that's what I feel right now. And you can't change that. But what you can feel in terms of your belief could be an accurate belief or an inaccurate belief. And here's the symptom. When you're feeling something that's true, that's accurate, generally speaking, your emotional response to that it's going to be positive. And if you're feeling something which is a lie, which is not true, it's true that you feel that, but if it's not an accurate belief about reality, then you'll have a negative emotion. So all your negative emotions, just check if I feel you don't love me and I go, thank goodness. <laughs> okay, then maybe you don't love me. But if I feel you don't love me and I'm upset, 
I'm angry or I'm sad or I'm afraid or I feel guilty, I feel ashamed, I feel unworthy, then, then the feeling belief is inaccurate. So don't believe your feelings if you're having negative emotions. And the way you release yourself, because then what do you do when you're having a pain, is you don't talk to your partner about those feelings because you only get a defensive response. Now, if, if you're a woman and, and you're, you're feeling upset and a guy says to you, well, you shouldn't feel that, you're just gonna become more upset. And if you're a man and you're saying to him, well, I feel like you don't love me. And he goes, what are you talking about? Of course I do. Why do I do all this and this and this? He can't hear that. You can't hear that as a fact when it's not a fact. But when we express our feelings without emotional intelligence, we feel it's a fact. No, no, I feel it. And if I feel it, it must be true. And I'll say, it's only true if you have positive emotions that go with it. So if we get a little spiritual for a moment, positive emotions is your soul telling you your thinking is in the right direction. Negative emotions is your soul telling you that your thinking is in the wrong direction. This is how we have an internal clock that we gain as we become more spiritual beings, or we might say more conscious people. We're all more conscious, everybody today. If you're listening to this show, you're a more conscious person. You're capable of reflecting inside. And what that gives you and that ability to reflect is the ability to feel. But the next step, once you can feel, some people just don't feel, they're called narcissists. They don't feel anything. They just think everything. So if you can feel, the next thing is to go that if a feeling is negative, usually not true. <laughs> and if a feeling is positive, mean closer to the truth, not always 100% accurate, but closer to the truth, then you're moving in the right direction. You'll have positive emotions. And here's the wonderful thing with emotional literacy is when you can feel and uh, uh, have a feeling like, I can't trust you. That, that's where women will go. A man will get angry. And as soon as any man gets angry, a woman's going to feel uh, afraid. This is bottom line. This is biology. Uh, you have to realize it's this conditioned brain is a million years old. Okay. It's evolved. It's evolved. And just like your nose looks like your parents, so do your reactions. <laughs> your shoulders look like your parents, so do your reactions. We take on all of this from our parents. They took it all on from their generation, from their lineage, from their lineage, all the way back to monkeys. So here's a monkey reaction. Now see, monkeys can't communicate. So if I can't communicate with you and I'm a monkey and you step on my foot, how do I let you know that hurts? <laughs> That's painful. I may, ow. And then if you don't, if you laugh, I go, ow, ow, ow. And I make bigger noises, stronger emotions, stronger emotions. Why? Because I'm a monkey and I don't know how to effectively communicate. So when we're yelling and screaming and getting all emotion, it's we've lost the front part of the brain. And this is biologically true. Blood flow stops to the front part of the brain when you have strong negative emotions. It's amazing. This is also biological. We're like monkeys. And the, and the next thing is we get louder and louder. And then if we're still not heard, then what we do, well, if you step on my foot and I can't communicate you effectively how painful that is, then I've got to step on your foot. And now we want to hurt our partners. Not because we don't love our partners. It's because we love them that we're open to them but we feel like we really got to let them know how this feels. I want you to know how this feels. <laughs> and then we have this whole society that's based on an eye for an eye. It's a monkey consciousness. And so, you know, this is where all this revenge came from. This is our monkey self, which says, you hurt me and I can't communicate effectively so you can feel my hurt. Then I have to hurt you to feel it. And when we have good communication and you're hurting, if I can feel your hurt, 
then I don't want to hurt you again because I go, oh my goodness, I would never want to do that. But if I can't have communication, if I can't feel empathy, and when you're in a place of fight or flight, you can't feel empathy. You can't. It's only from this part of the brain, which opens a feeling in the heart that you can connect with what another person feels. Instead, we just become what I feel, what I feel, what I feel. We become all about me, me, me. And we lose our ability to give our partners what they need at that time. So when you can't give your partner what you need and you can't, biologically, you can't be the loving, nurturing person once your negative emotions are triggered. So when your negative emotions are triggered, and I'm speaking primarily to women right here for a moment, but also to men, let's do both, is if negative emotions are triggered, it's definitely a sign that you're out of balance, okay? And blood flow has stopped to this part of the brain. You don't feel safe, okay? You feel threatened. That's why we get all upset. We're, not, we're in danger. That's a stress hormone gets produced, a cortisol gets produced. Now what happens is for a woman, what she can do to get out of that is to know talking to him will not make it better. See, we don't, we don't know that. You see, it's like we all tell everybody, if you have feelings, talk about them. Tell your partner how you feel. But actually, if you're feeling negative emotion, don't talk to your partner. <laughs> That's the opposite of what psychology teaches. But ever since psychology came, we have more divorce. We have more domestic abuse. We have all this stuff going on. And it's not that all of psychology is wrong. It's just you, you have to finesse the whole thing. Life is not so simple as don't say it or say it. If you don't say it, it will build up and this is what Freud explained, then you'll tend to overreact to situations. He used the term displacement. If, if you take the orange juice in the refrigerator and you didn't leave any for me, well, that's a little problem. But if I had 10 things happen today that went wrong, and then I come home and my husband has taken the orange juice or he stepped on my plants or he left his shoes in the living room or he forgot to call me or he didn't bring home the right thing from the grocery store, whatever little thing of disappointment, it becomes a big thing because the stress is accumulating, particularly for women, because for women, we are bio they're biologically different. We as men are different, women are different. Under moderate stress, women will have eight times more blood flow going to the emotional part of the brain. It's very hard for men to empathize at that point because he only has that much emotion if, his, if he's feeling higher, if it's a big problem. Okay, so a man has a little problem. He will detach, actually. He has less emotion to solve the problem. Emotions just get in the way. So let me just solve the problem. Why talk about it? Why be upset about it? I'll just do something about it. Okay, you're upset. Let me just solve the problem. Let me do something about it. So doing is a way that increases testosterone and men need 10 to 30 times more testosterone to keep stress down. And when a man is solving a problem and he feels I can't solve it, he loses his confidence. Okay, now he's lost his confidence and testosterone starts to go down and the female hormones start to increase in his body, causing him to feel negative emotions. He feels angry. And what he doesn't realize is feeling angry is not masculine. It doesn't make him attractive. It doesn't solve the problem. It will just shut his partner down and inhibit her ability to love. When he learns that anger is actually the first symptom or arguing that you're out of balance as a man, as opposed to Think about when you're dating her and there was some difference. You would just be playfully talking. Well, why do, you, why do you think that? You know, well, what if we look at it from this point of view? You know, be for my easy going back and forth differences. But if we look particularly in America at how, at how the stress has escalated polarity, 
you know, I watched the, in America, we have the, the, the two-party system and one side is Fox News and one side is, is uh, MSNBC and CNN. So they're the liberals and the conservatives. They can't have a conversation. They can't talk without getting angry. It's, it's crazy in this country. The polarity is you just can't talk because nobody's taking responsibility for their out of balance state. Because when we go into fear, stress, blood flow stops to the front part of brain, you can't consider another person's point of view. And of course you're gonna say they're saying lies. And over here you'll say they're saying lies. For the last eight years, I've been making a practice to watch both sides. I try to, and, and you know, I have my own bias and everything. So I start getting annoyed and upset with this. I can't hear it. I go, wait a second, process inside. So you can be able to hear another point of view without being upset with them. Because our being upset is an emotional monkey reaction to control someone, to change someone. And if you're a woman and somebody tries to change how you feel by telling you you're wrong, what's going to happen? You're going to get more upset. And if you got a man and you tell him you shouldn't do that, you should do this, he's going to resist you more. He's not going to change. Complaining does not help men at all. It only makes them worse. And for men not listening to women, getting upset with what she feels, trying to change how she feels, it just makes it worse. And this is where we have the basic Mars-Venus techniques of understanding women do need to talk and then they'll feel better. Men, there's a love guarantee, like a big guarantee badge. If you have a wife and upset with you and you can get her to talk about her feelings, the more she talks about her feelings without, and feeling safe that you're not gonna interrupt, you're not gonna argue with her. And even if she's not the best communicator and she says things like, well, what are you gonna do about it? You say, well, I need to understand better. Tell me more. See, your power isn't just being like a, a oak tree with deep roots and, you know, the wind blows and you are strong and stable. If you have to have these images if you're a man. And today we have people getting angry and upset and they don't realize that the, the anger in a man is massive amounts of estrogen, inability to think clearly, righteousness, resistance, and nobody's going to hear you. Nobody's going to love you. Nobody's going to appreciate you. It doesn't work. If we were monkeys and you got angry like that, yeah, everybody would bow to you because you're the dysfunctional monkey who beat everybody up. Bullies supreme. It doesn't work anymore. Women want equality. They'll just leave you. And so you, and, and if what we want in marriage is the tenderness of, of making love, you know, the sensitivity where somebody can become naked, reveal what's inside and not feel criticized and judged, but adored and loved. That's what we have potentially there. And we've had it if we're married. We don't get married without that. That's a big part of what we're feeling in the beginning. It motivates us. And then lack of good communication skills then sabotages that. Men try to fix women's feelings. Women close down. And they're trying to be loving, avoid arguments. But actually what they could do instead of closing down is just shifting attention to somebody else where they can share their feelings increase their estrogen levels, lower their stress. Then you still, somebody steps on your foot. You need to tell them, hey, I'd prefer if you didn't step on my foot. But it's not like, I can't believe you. I can't trust you. I don't, can't depend on you. I want to end this marriage. You keep stepping on my foot. <laughs> it just becomes this big displacement of all the stress. And right now, due to the vitamin deficiency that I talked about in terms of emotional deficiency, you know, we need to feel 
uh, as, as individuals, we need to feel independent, like we can do things on our own and be happy. We need to feel that uh, we're learning new things. Education is very important. We need to feel work. We're making a difference. We need to feel situations where we give unconditional love, like to children or a garden or serving people that need help. Uh, having a spiritual connection, at least to a higher power, if not, uh, you know, having a spiritual belief. It's so, so helpful for people that do have that because then they don't feel as alone. So, but these are like vitamins. You can't have just one, just as intimacy, relationship, love, sex, passion. That's a need, but it only gets, rises up when the hormones are pretty much in balance due to your whole life. Then your partner is dessert. Your partner takes you from happy to happier. So when during COVID you're thinking my partner's just, you know, he's sitting, I'll be a woman for a moment. Oh, he's not doing anything for me. He's ignoring me. He's pouting. I can't ask him for anything. He's grumpy. He's irritable. I'll just, I'll just, he doesn't love me. I don't trust him. You know, <laughs> you just shut him down and shut yourself down. What you do at those times is realize, okay, I have a vitamin deficiency. He does too, but it's not, none of your business to change him. Your job is to change yourself and be happy without depending on your partner and not resenting your partner that they're not making you happy. See, a lot of women resent their partners. You're not doing what you should do. So I'll just make myself happy without you. But that's, that's, that's a different kind of happiness than going, oh, my partner, he right now is like in a wheelchair. He's, not, he's out of work. There's no way a man can be happy if he's not working, period. The number one testosterone producer in men is work and not intimacy, not relationship. It's work. It's doing what you have so to do. certain of that? Why, why is that something that jumps out so much? What is it? Oh, like, what, it's, what's so, it's, it's so important. You'll see. Because it resonates for me so much. Say that again? Uh, I say because it resonates for me so much. I, okay. I, am, I am happy to be working and it doesn't need to be necessarily for you know remuneration it, it, it can be in the garden it can be fixing something i've got to be doing something productive yes yeah it has to be productive anytime you're solving problems putting forth effort overcoming challenges and producing a result that's life supporting okay it, it, it can't just be something that's destructive unless you think that's life supporting you know some people think killing people is life supporting so whatever so but in your mind this is supportive and one of the ways we, we get acknowledgement, we, we can see the result. And in our relationship, the result is we see we're making our family happy. They're eating, they're smiling, they're having fun. You know, a guy can sit back and feel ignored by his family, but seeing they're all happy. And he's like going, and I did that. You know, there's a, but the work aspect that regardless of relationship and family, the prerequisite for that is that a man without depending on, on intimacy. See, intimacy produces estrogen. Love produces estrogen. It's when you're solving problems and fixing things is overcoming challenge that stimulates testosterone. If it's too easy, it doesn't stimulate testosterone unless it's really productive. So like right now, this is really easy for me, but because I know how productive it is, it's very testosterone producing. But even if things aren't so productive, if you're putting forth effort for that cause, that's testosterone producing. Men need their work and need to feel confident that I can make a difference before they're actually ready to be in an intimate relationship. Men need to feel successful on their own, and then they feel I have a need for relationship. And not that everything's so black and white, but these are principles, extremes. Sure. We do know that when a man is out of work, he will be more violent, he'll be more unhappy, he'll be more depressed, he'll have more anxiety, he'll have more sleeping problems, he'll have lower libido. He has a greater vulnerability towards addiction. Ironically, the lower a man's testosterone is, 
Testosterone is produced by productivity, putting forth effort, overcoming challenges that we just talked about. So if he doesn't have the opportunity to do that, the only place he's used to getting success is doing things for his wife. But that's, she's going to give him a different vitamin. He needs the vitamin T that comes primarily from non-personal relationship, where now he's solving problems, testosterone goes up, then he can bring his estrogen up and he can feel successful and look what I can do for my family and support and whatever. And if his testosterone is, is, is built on his own, his wife could be having some problems. She's not in a good mood. She's having a bad day. It doesn't knock his testosterone down so much. It will knock it down a little. That's why I teach women, you know, if you want to be effective in relationships, stop complaining. Don't verbalize your, comp just stop. It's a, uh, If you complain, they found in MRI scans that people who are depressed, uh, they lose a child, something horrible, and they never get better. I mean, the idea is if you have a loss in your life, you go through a grieving process. It's a journey. I write books on that journey, but you come back to even more love. You know, I, I'm still in the, the sort of the tail end of a huge grieving process in my own life. My, my sweet wife of, of 40 years, basically, we're married 34 years, our children, our grandchildren, she died of cancer. And she made a noble effort and we all took care of her and it was a very loving thing. But to watch your wife just disintegrate before your eyes, it was really, it's traumatic, very traumatic. And I've been now to two years of the grieving process. I'm back to my heart is more open than ever before. The joys, the highs that I experience are greater than ever before. After about a year, I have a girlfriend. I have more love and more wisdom. I said, you were so lucky because having healed from my wife, you look back on every time when you lose someone like that, you look back at every mistake you made and go, you know, I could have done this. I could have done this. I could have done that. I wish I'd done that. You know, it's a lot of the kudos and should but you can gain wisdom for that if you forgive yourself and understand that you did your best. And Bonnie said I was her hero or her champion and she couldn't expect it more. It was very sweet when she died. But having said all that, it's still, there's something about loss. And I want to explain this. This is, uh, it's about loss, but it's also about right now because in COVID you've lost your life. You know, everything's changing. The future is unknown. There's a lot of fear and the relationship dynamic has changed. You know, I often say to couples who want to divorce, even though you might be the one who said, I want out of this marriage, you still have to go through the grieving of lo losing your dream. There's a dream that we have when we get married and the loss of that can be very traumatic. So to understand loss and, and our life as we know it is lost. And there's a big change which is happening right now and a lot of fear and so forth. Fear and loss are simply the exper experience of I cannot have what I'm used to having or what I thought I had, okay? And I cannot have, I cannot have. So Freud actually was brilliant in some of his ideas. I, I'm not a big fan of Freud, but he gave the foundation that we know is true. Things like displacement, if I have upsets over here that I'm not dealing with, it gets put on my, my children or my husband, wherever it's safe. So the people who deserve your love the most get your negativity. And this is just fact, okay? This is undisputed. We know that's the case. And then when a relationship gets really good, then issues that were uh, traumatic in childhood will be, get displaced onto your partner. So there's always stuff to be dealing with here. And so that was a great wisdom. Another one I really like of Freud, which is he explained something called need integrate. And most people have never heard of this. It's not as common knowledge, but a need integrate. It means that, simply put, we all need love. 
Okay, it's a human need. And the more we can take care of ourselves, which means more civilized we are, the more independent we become, the more we get to a higher level of need. Just like we need to breathe, we need food, we need temperature, warmth. These are our primary survival needs. When those are met, when we can do that all by ourselves, and we're not like missing oxygen or whatever, then what happens is our emotional needs become just as powerful as our need to eat and breathe. So love becomes very, very important. At that time, you're starting, you know, this need for love starts emerging more and more. So if we don't get love, we feel more hurt. We feel powerless. We feel more afraid and we get out of balance. And so when you fall in love, basically I need love and I found it. This person loves me. This is amazing. My life is better now and it feels so good. And the brain attaches onto this person. And instead of realizing, instead of knowing I need love, it goes into, I need you. Okay. I need you. And that's called a love, a need integrate. I no longer need love. I'm not aware of my need for love as like, well, if I need, I need love, I, well, I could get it here. I could get it here. I can get it here. I can get it here. No, I don't need any of those people. I need my wife. And that takes time to let go. There's a process of letting go of a need integrate. But everything, you know, what we, our life before COVID is a need integrate. I need my partner to make me happier. And suddenly they don't have the power to because you don't have the power to give that to them. You're deficient. You know, you're the, expecting the sunshine to make you feel good and it doesn't. So you need to be aware of all these mechanics that are going on hormonally. And so instead of feeling I need my partner to be this certain way and they're not, which makes you go into a place of I can't have it. See, it's I lost Bonnie. I can't have her anymore in physical form. I can't have that. And the brain just goes into, oh my God, I, I can't have love then because she is love. So now the brain has to separate back and dif differentiate the need from the person and realize I need love. And the way that's done for women and for people who are uh, a man or woman who have strong emotions and grieving is a major thing there is now you go into, I can't have, you have to focus your attention on what I can have, what I can have but I can have. And that's why we need to recognize, particularly during COVID, our partner is only 10% of our happiness. And if we're upset with them, we're making them too significant. They're no longer dessert. We're expecting them to be the main meal. So I need to find other ways during this altered space time to find my happiness without depending on them. And when I feel negativity towards them, don't believe it. It's wrong. It's mistaken. It's me holding on to how it used to be. And it's not that way. You need to be able to let go embrace, fill up with more love, and then you'll find your partner will have that ability again to make you happier. So this is, this is like a, a challenge. This is a whole new thing. Just like if someone died, you, if you don't have guidance through that process, you end up being like these people who never feel good again. They're depressed and they put them in MRI scans and they found that the same part of the brain lit up as if they were watching porn or drinking, taking cocaine. <laughs> this is this is what the way the brain works is danger stimulates dopamine dopamine is a motivator because when things are dangerous you got to move fast you know so it motivates you and it gives you pleasure it says okay if i move fast i'll live so danger a soldier in battle for example is producing massive amounts of dopamine like cocaine loss disappointment hurt you're producing cocaine in your brain so what you need to do is not throw that on your partner because that just makes them defensive. Take time 
to share your emotions with somebody else. Anger, sadness, fear, regret are the levels of emotion. And that takes self-awareness. And if you just start writing it out, our therapist asking you those questions, it will come forth. And even a man has a lot of emotion. He should process it that way. From the point of view, I'm not using my emotions to change my partner. I'm looking at my emotions to love myself, to hear those feelings and let it go. Because it's, it's false information. It's like a, a great president in America saying false news, uh, fake news, fake news. <laughs> Negative emotions are fake news. You're telling yourself, it's like this little child inside that's emotional, a little monkey. And you're saying, you're never going to get love again. You can't have the love you want. You thought you had it. You can't have it. And the child goes, ah, 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 all upset. So you need to listen to that child and you do it compassionately, just writing it out, just being aware of it. It just takes awareness. But awareness means you write out what you're feeling and then look at your emotions, write out, I'm angry, I'm sad, I'm afraid, I regret. And usually the first emotion you can feel is not the one that's going to create the release. For example, if you're angry with me and I was to say, yeah, I know you're angry with me, but I think you're really afraid. I'm not afraid, I'm angry. Well, that's emotional literacy, lack of knowledge. Anybody, if you weren't afraid, you wouldn't get angry. You could never be angry if you didn't have fear. It'd be like, hey, you just stole a million dollars from me. I'm angry with you. Or, hey, I've got a billion and you took a million. So what? Doesn't bother me at all. See, it's the emotions is when you're feeling threatened. And so you'd be angry. You're really afraid. Guilt and shame is also you're feeling disappointment and you're blaming it on yourself. So you feel guilt rather than look at the other person. They're part of the problem. So we're all like a little different when it comes to emotional literacy, but those four levels are there. And if you can go through all four, and I explain that in my books, you just write out your emotions for a little while and then keep going in what I want, what I wish, what I want, what I need, what I need. Just to keep coming aware of what you really want. Because if you're angry with somebody, you don't really want to hurt them. You want to love them. You want them to love you. And then that gets back to, I want to love you. I want to have a loving relationship. So you get back to your positive feelings of love you write that out and then imagine your partner hearing those feelings because they can't hear them. You imagine them hearing it. And then you write a letter from them to you saying the things you need to hear. Just lay it on thick, whatever you need to hear. And then the subconscious mind feels that your partner's done that. Really, this happens. And then you say, now what do I feel? And then you feel good. And now you come back feeling good. You're in present time. You reflect on your partner and you appreciate the things that they've done for you. And you'll be able to come back to that heartfelt place because you've got the blood flow back up in the front part of the brain because you've just calmed that little inner child monkey down. And now you can think clearly. And now if your partner, if you need more from your partner, you go and ask for it. And when and you say, you know, hey, it's not a big deal. This is the magic phrase, women, if you want a man to hear what you're saying. It's not a big deal, but sometimes you still leave the light on. And I know you leave the light on, you turn the light out a lot, but sometimes you still forget. I'd really appreciate it if you would try to remember. Thank you. And then run out of the room. Give him a chance to think about it and make a choice on his own without the death stare. And are you sorry? When you make your happiness dependent upon, or your trust dependent on a man going, oh, I'm so sorry. Men cannot say I'm sorry unless they did something huge when somebody's looking at them with a, with a, with a stare. You know, that death stare, women, just go out of the room because it's your instinct. It's your monkey brain when it goes, okay, are you sorry? Are you bad enough? Do you feel bad enough? I, I, I'll tell you a funny story. Well, it was when I was first understanding my wife. Now, my wife comes from a culture where they, they, they use guilt to manipulate a lot, okay? And, and in my culture, where I grew up, my mother was never used guilt to manipulate. It was, I, I didn't, matter of fact, a short story about me is I have four older brothers and they used to punish them to try to control them. 
And it didn't work. So my mother said, why don't we try something different with Johnny and never punish him? So I really don't know guilt at all. And so I married my wife and she knows guilt. So I remember when I, I came home late for dinner, the first time I was late for dinner, and she made a lovely meal for me. And I came and I sat down and, you know, I, I realized I was late. I rushed there. And, you know, for a minute, you know, oh, I'm late. I'm so sorry. And then when I'm rushing, now my adrenaline's pumping, my testosterone's getting there. I'm getting, I'm driving fast and I'm getting there. And I did it in a short period of time. And I thought, wow, I got home fast. So I'm actually feeling really good. And she looks at me and she says, here's your dinner. It's ruined. <laughs> And I said, oh, okay. Well, that's okay, honey. I can order pizza. <laughs> that did not go over well, right? I, did, I didn't have, know then what I know now. And then, and then uh, but she said, pizza, you don't like my meal? <laughs> no, no, I appreciate your meal. And then she looked at me. She says, well, I feel really bad. I feel really bad. I said, no, honey, it's not your fault. It's my fault. I'm the one who's late. You shouldn't feel bad. She says, she looked at me and she says, well, I feel bad. And I thought, oh, you feel bad, but really you mean I should feel bad. And then she goes, you should feel bad. <laughs> I said, well, I don't feel bad. I did great time getting here, but I want you to know for a few brief moments, I did feel bad when I realized I was late and now I'm here. I just don't feel bad. And she said, well, you should feel bad. And I said, all right, how bad do I have to feel? She goes, I don't know. And then I said, well, how long do I have to feel bad? You'll find out. <laughs> See, this is all monkey stuff. This is all, and we have to be able to laugh in retrospect. At the same time, at the same time, I learned to duck and dodge it, you know, when she would do the stare. And finally, she figured it out on her own. She, I remember the day when she just said, instead of saying, John, you forgot to turn out the lights again. She came in the room. She said, now, John, I know many times you're turning out the light, but sometimes you still forget. So I'm just reminding you, I'd love it if that light was turned out when you go through. And I know it's not always possible and it's no big deal. And she immediately left the room. That was something I heard. And this is, I, I, she did that twice. And from that day, I always turn out the lights when I walk through the living room because it was given to me a message that gave me the freedom to give her a gift rather than I'm a bad person, therefore I should do this. Nobody wants to act that way. You know, this is not the way uh, marriage ideally can be. So let's get off of trying to change our partner during this time and focus more on the fact we need to find ways to be happy ourselves. And one of my favorite ways, I feel like in my book, Beyond Mars and Venus, which you can download and read right away, it's so easy. It's easier to deal with these difficult situations if you know putting this on my partner will not work, period. I need to back off from that. But I do need to find a way to be happy. And way I'm going to find my way to be happy, if you're a woman, you can hear what I'm saying. Your happiness is dependent upon you generating a hormone called estrogen. And when you're not safe, it's very hard to produce estrogen. What we know is something called oxytocin, which is non-physical affection. I'm sorry, non-sexual affection. Okay, that's touching, hugging, lots of hugs, lots of smiles, lots of touching the hair, lots of helping, attention, affection, compliments, I love you. These kind of little statements, actions produce oxytocin. They're reassuring. And we need that more than ever to feel we're safe. Women need to feel safe. Then they can feel what I need and ask for it and get that help. And that raises estrogen. Estrogen is the stress-reducing hormone for women, but often they need oxytocin to create the estrogen and lower the testosterone. Testosterone is mas masculine, estrogen is feminine. 
Oxytocin helps her come back to the loving side of her. And it doesn't help the man come back to his loving self. Actually, oxytocin lowers testosterone. That's why men aren't always going around going, where are my hugs? Where are my hugs? Unless he's on his female side more. But it actually increases his female side and his male side, which is balance, if he gives a hug to a woman who appreciates it. So he just doesn't know how good hugs can feel if he does them consistently. But his instinct when he's stressed is to withdraw. Because withdrawing from relationship, detachment, it's kind of like what the Buddha said. You know, he said, meditate, forget your problems. That's why we men, if we can forget our problems, watch TV, play a game, go for a drive in your car, go clean the garage, go do a construction project, remodel something, you know, solve problems, you forget the other problems, you're focused on this. That's what helps men to rebuild their testosterone, not sharing their feelings with their wife. And men are taught to do that. And yes, anytime you go out of balance, it feels good. Let me say that again. Going out of balance feels good. Yelling and screaming feels good when you're doing it. You know, eating a, a bucket of ice cream feels really good, but you're going out of balance. You know, the, it's, we can't just go, this feels good and therefore it's good for me or good for my relationship. No, you have to recognize, understand scientifically, when women can depend on something to make them happy, they'll make the estrogen. And when a man's in a grumpy mood, he's in his cave, he's pulling away, he's trying to build his, rebuild his testosterone, separate from you, then you have to have something else you can depend on to raise your estrogen. And what would that be? Well, education is a big thing. Take classes and courses online. Anytime you're learning from someone, something that will help you and therefore you can appreciate what they're doing for you, you're, you're following them. You're, they're your guide. They're your dance partner who's leading you. They're your teacher. Whenever you're in that mode, you're making estrogen, but you're also, if you're learning, you're also in the front part of your brain. So that's a key thing is to be learning new things. One. Two is collective activities. There are these uh, karaoke things online where you can sing with other people. Singing is a huge estrogen producer if it's in harmony with other people. Uh, doing yoga classes online, aerobics classes online, where somebody's telling you what to do and you're following. Following someone you're, who's providing for you something you need is going to produce your estrogen. So those are activities. Reading books, if it's an interesting book for you, you're depending on the author to guide you through the story. What's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? And books, by the way, are better than TV. TV is okay. It can be an interesting show as long as it's not a lot of news. And addiction to the news only throws your hormones out of balance. It's okay. You know what's going on. Hear a little bit of all that stuff and then turn it off. And now you want to focus on things which are entertaining to you. Entertainment's good. We all need some entertainment. We need some education. We need some physical activity. We need some spiritual activity. Uh, I just think it's awful that people can't go to their churches and do their thing. Uh, you know, for many people, that's their connection to spirituality. For me, it's not, you know, I meditate and pray every, every day. So I don't need to be in a group to do it. Uh, although there have these group meditations now online and they're wonderful, you know, to feel that connectedness. And, but it is an estrogen producer for both men and women. Men need that testosterone, which is cave time. That means doing things on his own that are challenging, that feel good, where he gets a sense of accomplishment, like what you were saying is I'm being productive. And it can also be low level productivity can also be there as long as it's challenging, like a game. <laughs> a game is challenging, but there's really no big productivity to it. But that's just a place where as long as it's low stress and you're challenged, it's gonna stimulate testosterone and rebuild your testosterone. 
Now our challenges as men, online porn. Online porn will give you a huge surge of testosterone and it will, it will go back down 50%. It will go down below what it was before. It lowers your testosterone, increases your estrogen, and that's proven and it, just beco and it becomes addictive. If you make love to your wife, you, to someone you know, it actually produces different hormones. This is measurable, okay? There's a hormone called prolactin and prolactin is what in women causes milk to go to, to breastfeed a baby. For men, prolactin allows them to not be, uh, not stray from their partner. <laughs> so they don't feel desire for other women, but they maintain their desire for their partner because prolactin inhibits his sexual desire for a while. And then as it builds up through interacting with his wife, after six days, uh, after prolactin is released in sex, six days, his testosterone levels will double. And it's that doubling of testosterone, which is what, in a sense, replenishes the relationship, replenishes it. You don't have to be Superman all the time, but you need to, it's like you don't have to eat all the time, but you need to eat sometimes. It doesn't have to be all the time, but sometimes you need to have a good meal or whatever. So you don't need to have that doubling of testosterone to feel in love with your partner, be present with your partner. But if it goes too low, you won't, you won't feel energized in your relationship. And there's this cocaine dealer that's online <laughs> and said, here's free cocaine for you. It's very hard to give up. It's, it's easier to give up cocaine because cocaine isn't available in your house all the time. You got to go somewhere and pay for it. But right now we've got a cocaine dealer, which is online porn, uh, which is uh, proven to produce the same brain chemicals of taking the intensity of it produces the same brain chemicals of cocaine or heroin, these addictive substances. You know, it's like drinking a beer is good uh, if you like to drink alcohol, but then when you drink too much, it's not good. It's the same thing, testosterone. If you're making love with your wife, you're producing the right amount of testosterone, then you lose interest for a little while, but you're engaged, you watch football all day the next day. <laughs> you know, men have their sex, their testosterone does go down 50%, but they also have prolactin if they did it with their wife, which makes them not interested in having sex for a while. And then, they, then their distance creates fondness. He wants to desire his wife again. But if he goes right from having sex with his wife and then feeling stressed, he doesn't have the space to rebuild his testosterone, all it takes is visiting the porn cocaine dealer. It will magically double his testosterone temporarily and it will crash even further down. And then his brain becomes addicted to not my wife to turn me on. And a wife's ability to turn a man on creates all kinds of well-being inside of our lives. Okay, it just, you know, I, I have to tell one story here. I know we've gone a little bit over time here, but here's a story when it comes to this arguing that couples get into. It's called tit for tat. You complain about me, I'll complain about you. You point out I didn't do this, but you didn't do that. And then I say, but you did that, but you did that. This is the way we are as monkeys, like children. You know, well, you did this, but he did that to me. Yeah, but I did that because this. You see, this is where we go. We're like children, little monkeys, that, which create wars, okay, based on this little tit for tat thing. So, I didn't always know what I'm about to say. So this is revelation. So as a therapist, I listen to women all day. And because I learned to listen, they talk, their estrogen levels go up, their stress goes down, and they're happy when they leave. Okay, life is suddenly the sun shining again because their estrogen goes up. And I can listen to them so well because they're complaining about their husbands and not me. <laughs> okay, so that makes it much easier for me to listen. And I got a few skills in terms of listening. Help me understand that better. 
uh, tell me more. What else? Is there anything you want to add? I want to make sure I got it. So what you're saying is this and this. These are all like really good communication skills to get somebody to open up, feel safe and talk. Now, who needs to feel safe the most? Women. Actually, danger increases testosterone in men, which is what we need to cope with stress. Life comes too boring with a little challenge. But for women, they need safety as a primary need. They also need some danger and change and all that. But their primary need is when they're stressed, they need more estrogen. So I would have these women and I talk. So I thought, you know, I'm going to really try this out with my wife. I'm going to practice not having any kind of reaction. I'm going to listen to her, ask those questions. And it went on for an hour. And she was complaining about this and that and almost everything I took personally, like it's because of me that that happened and because of me that that happened. And she didn't get this because of this. And she's worried about money, but I'm not making enough money is what I'm thinking. <laughs> you know? So I'm taking everything personally, but I'm put on my therapist's face. Okay. And I'm saying, well, tell me more. The whole time while she's doing it, I'm thinking in my mind, and I'll get my turn to come back. Kind of like a prosecuting attorney does their thing. And then the defense attorney gets to come back and do everything. So I've got a nice court system. I got a smile on my face. I'm wearing a tie. I'm judge. I'll be happy to listen to that. You know, I'm being very, very polite and I'm listening. And I was shocked that she could go on and on and on. I thought, how could she do this? I thought we had a great marriage and a great life. But anyway, the little things building up and she just, it started because often women don't even know what's down in that purse until they start emptying it out and you start finding there's all these things. So she felt safe. It all came out and about an hour passed. And I said, so now do you feel completely heard? Is there anything else you want to add? And, and I did it very calmly and peacefully. She said, uh, no, no, that was really good, John. I really feel heard. I mean, I really feel heard. And I said, so would this be a good time for me to share with you how I feel? <laughs> I was ready to go into defense attorney and make everything she said wrong. How she should look at life more, you know, in a different way. Well, how can you complain about this? You've got this and this and this. And well, if that happened, you should have done this. And that's really not a big deal. And why, you know, I had it all ready to go. Okay, I'm a guy. That's what we do. We solve problems. We minimize problems. We're you know, our thing is to forget it, be happy in the moment. Okay, so I'm ready to, to go at her. I said, so would this be a good time that I tell you how I feel? And then she says, well, actually, no. <laughs> that was another thing. What? I've listened for an hour and you're not going to listen to me? And that's tit for tat. And then she said, actually, no. And I said, oh, well, why? And then she says, I don't know, John. I just want to bask in the sunshine of your love. <laughs> so I said, Oh, <laughs> that was a nice thing to hear. I still had everything here, but that was like bask in the sunshine of my love. How could she feel loved by me when she just had all these complaints about me? I feel like I'm a zero husband after what you just said. <laughs> she wants to bask in the sunshine of my love. And remember, when women feel happy, men start making testosterone and then they start feeling happier and so forth. So then I said, well, when do you think will be a good time? And she said, I don't know. I'll let you know. And then she just walked away, started cooking dinner, and she was singing. Okay, rarely does she sing in the kitchen. I love when she sings. And she said, I'm going to make your favorite dinner tonight. And, and, and when I looked at her, I sat there in disbelief. I said, this unhappy woman was now making dinner, singing a song, and there were bluebirds flying around her like in a Disney movie, in my imagination. It was just unreal. I couldn't believe it. How could this, it was like a shocking revelation that that's the love guarantee, man. If you don't get upset with her and she goes through her feelings, she will feel more love. So she was happier. I was still grumpy and irritable, angry inside. That's what happens when men's testosterone goes down. 
And, but it went down during dinner and I'm, you know, trying to be real cool and calm and polite and everything with our kids. And, and then I just went straight to bed. I said, now I'm going to bed. And then she came in a few minutes later and she went over to her drawer to get something sexy to put on. And I went, she wants to have sex with me? Well, I don't know if I want to have sex with her. And I ro rolled over because I'm still kind of grumpy and irritable. So she just got into bed with this confidence and then she just laid there a little bit. And then she put her hand on my thigh and it was all over for me. Okay, so <laughs> we ended up making love because see, we men, hey, we forget everything, okay? <laughs> we have the ability to forget. That's why Buddha mainly taught men. The way you cope with stress is forget it. Do something else that makes you feel good and forget what's bothering you. So I completely forgot everything. But anyway, I, so we made love and, and that no problem for me. So then went to sleep. And then in the morning, when we're waking up, she sort of cuddled up next to me and she said, are you awake? And I said, yeah. And she says, you know, yesterday you said you wanted to share your feelings with me. Uh, this is a good time if you'd like to. <laughs> <laughs> what were you feeling? And I went, nothing. <laughs> it was all gone. And that was so important for me to learn that I felt it was so, so important that I had to defend myself. And then after making love, getting what I needed most, which was a happy woman and to experience her receptivity and responsiveness to me and her love for me, which I felt and I felt in making love to her, I don't need to share all that stuff. And since that time, I just made it a rule. I don't complain. I don't argue back. I listen. I don't always agree. And I said, well, I need to think about that. We can decide later what we're going to do. And if my buttons have get pushed, because they do get pushed, I get angry about things, upset. I just said, you know, I need to think about this. And I walk away go to my cave. I do something that feels good. And I, one of my techniques for men in the cave and for women when they're upset and they pull away, I give myself first permission to be this angry monkey. That's self-righteous. If we always, when we're upset, we're blaming somebody else. So I said, okay, now we're going to do the exercise of letting myself, first of all, I feel good. I have to do something to raise my testosterone. Then I'm going to look at my, what happened. And so what happened is I give myself permission. Okay, she should have done this. She did this. What did she say? What did she do? Be real clear, conscious of all your blame. Because once you're aware of it, then it stops. It just keeps coming up to be heard. So I first have to hear it. I'm not going to act on it. I'm not going to tell her anything about it. Then having said what she did wrong in my mind, then I look at what I did, how I contributed to the problem. And then I imagined, okay, I imagined how would it have been if I had done that differently? And, and then... Now I go, okay, I have the power. When you're feeling powerful as a man, then your heart can fully open, your testosterone goes up. And I went, I'd, I'd come out and be more loving. And all the little things that I can do, be affectionate, help out, and give her some eye contact, give her a compliment. Usually after she sees me get angry and I say, I need to take some time to be alone, I'll come out and just sort of stand around her and just touch her hair or touch her shoulder or say, I want to help you with this. And that's like a peace letting her know it's safe again. Angry man is gone. Women need to know angry man is gone. Angry man has the ability to handle it himself without her having to change anything and come back to being more loving. And through that, I realized that when you take care of your own, whether you're a man or woman, stop trying to change your partner, change yourself at those times, come back into hormonal balance. Then you have more to give to your partner they soften and they give you more back and you bring it back by creating safety. And women can do the same thing. Whereas if she got all upset with him and he's all upset, she can go do something, process her feelings, find safety, feel her love. 
and then she can go back and be real gentle. Honey, would you help me with this? Or would you do this for me? Or maybe he's pouting in his cave and you say, oh, honey, I know you're, you must be really tired or you're upset about what happened before. I'm sorry about that. But I want you to know, uh, you know, it, when, when you take a break or if you have some time, I need your help. Just ask for help. So very softly, just ask for help. That's how men bond is doing something for you. It's the doing. And then you just say, you know, I just, I had all these things happen today and I just want to talk about it. And it only take 10 minutes. It's not a big deal. I don't need you to fix it. Just listen and then give me a hug and I'll feel so good. That's it. Tell me and tell me every, tell me everything's going to be okay. If you want to, if for some women that works as well, more old fashioned, but I remember Bonnie's grandmother always saying, oh, your grandfather was so great. He always told me everything's going to be okay. <laughs> so there's a, that hug often is that everything's going to be okay. That's safety. Safety mm -hmm. is a need that women have 10 times more than men to cope with stress. And we don't realize it because we can drive fast. We can make decisions. We can do dangerous stuff. Hey, we can fix it if it breaks. You know, so we live in more of a, a comfort zone. Not that we don't need safety, but more than that, more importantly, we need things like appreciation, forgiveness, acceptance, and trust that she trusts me. She doesn't just go into, well, I can't trust you and I'll do everything myself because then she has no estrogen. No estrogen means no love. John, incredible insights. I, I, I love this uh, philosophy, this approach of, you know, look to your life for you know, happiness and look for your partner for a little bit more. You know, have to be a little bit more happier. Uh, yeah. that, that whole space—it's it, so important because that's that's exactly how we meet. We 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 tend to meet when we're happy ourselves, and then you know the, our partners are are that bonus, the 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 the, the dessert, if you will. Um, I yeah. also love what you were saying around the yeah, guaranteed guaranteed love. You know, for for, yeah. for men to yeah. to listen, you know, and and and, and just stand by there their partner and hear them out and, you know, reserve judgment for later and, and, um, you know, take that time to, to process before coming back. Um, you know, go back into the, the uh, cave or, or, or man shed or whatever you want to call it and, and, right. and allow time and, 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 you know, be angry, you know, allow yourself to be angry, but not at your partner, um, you know, with yourself in, 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 in private and let that kind of simmer and cool down and, and, and then, you know, revisit it another time. Uh, many, many, many wise words, John. For for our listeners, where would you suggest they get a start in, in finding out more about this work of yours? I know that you've you've published a number of books. Which, where, where's a good starting place? Oh, I'll I'll I, I first say, Nash, that was you summarized that whole flow that I did. You got every single point. Boom, 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 <laughs> boom, boom. It was really very, very nicely done. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, where people can can find me. Uh, well, the first book, I think, uh, really, if you're a woman and you feel like you're more from Mars, when I talk about men are from Mars, women are from Venus, then the book you want to read is, is, is Mars, it's Beyond Mars and Venus. It's uh, that one with the blue stripe back there. It's Beyond Mars and Venus. I wrote that 25 years after Men are from Mars. If you're a bit more traditional, uh, where you feel, you know, you can relate to the man being more independent and you're more dependent on him, uh, maybe he makes more money than you and he's there for you. Then Men Are From Mars, very, very key. Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus really has the basic skills and the same skills I've sort of updated and beyond Mars and Venus because Men Are From Mars is addressing when couples in a more traditional 
Mars-Venus relationship. And now as women become more independent, they're making too much testosterone and men are making too much estrogen, having too much fun <laughs> with their pornography or with their TV sets or with their easy life. And, uh, and ironically, when men are on their estrogen side, they can be these very romantic guys, but then they get grumpy and irritable real easily. So just to know that's the price you pay for that. And you wanna help him come back to the male side and how help women come back to their female side. And that's the Beyond Mars and Venus updated skills for our modern world. You can go to marsvenus.com. I have uh, like a hundred blogs there. Uh, I actually have 50 seminars. If you become a, a insider, you can get all these seminars I teach for free. And there's a, a specific one that's really well done on Mars, Venus in the bedroom. Uh, I think this is a great time to amp up your sex skills. Uh, sometimes just learning something new around sex will invigorate your sex experience. Kind of like if you had a new partner, the newness of it increases sex desire. That's dopamine. But having taken a class with me on sex, if you appreciate my approach, it's always very gender specific. What do women need? What do men need? Back and forth in a non-judgmental way. That's called Mars, Venus in the bedroom. Also a wonderful course for women only, which my daughter Lauren, she's 34, an amazing relationship. She teaches women, it's called how to get me time. And she explains in the you time, me time, we time system, because different hormones get produced at different times of the month. And she explains how to make sure that you don't end up giving more than you're getting, and that you can bring out the best in a man. So she's very good at those skills. I watch her husband is, puts me to shame, okay? <laughs> he puts me to shame. <laughs> she, she, everybody always said, oh, she's never gonna find a man like you. And I said, no, she found a guy better than me. <laughs> so, much, so it's a wonderful thing. So these are really good skills that we can use this COVID time to enrich our lives rather than to just react mindlessly and get in arguments and fights. Let it be a time to learn and to grow. And if, if you don't mind, if I can do one quick uh, process for COVID, Please do. do. We have time for one. Okay, so there's a. It's called the genie in the bottle. Did I share that last time? Mm, uh, well, we'll have new. We'll listeners. do it again. We'll oh, do it again. Not everybody heard our last talk. Uh, so, genie in the bottle is twenty minute game where a woman's not allowed to do anything for herself. The man has to do everything for her, and she has, but he won't do anything for. Her. He's a genie, but he stands there. You got to make your wish and. Uh, you get way more than three wishes that you don't get the full benefit. You get unlimited wishes and you want to get as many things in, in 20 minutes uh, where he does something for you in response to a request. And the one rule that keeps it from working completely is if you were to go outside the 20 minutes. So let's say you said, Oh honey, would you uh, clean out the sink and put all his dishes in the dishwasher? And he'll go, Oh, sure. Certainly happy to do probably take me two minutes, you know, and he's so powerful. He'll go off and do that. And she'll can't do anything for herself. And then she says, and by the way, uh, Jeannie, I'd like you to always remember to do that. And you can't do that. It has to be within the 20 minutes where you're not trying to change him. You're just asking him and he does ask him and he does. And the, the biology of this is that let's say you had low estrogen because you're stressed. Okay. And I bring you 50 roses. It's only going to create a little surge of estrogen or I bring one rose. It will create a little surge of estrogen. The same response. If you have normal estrogen levels, and a guy brings 50 roses, you'll have a much bigger surge. And if I bring one rose, you'll have the same bigger surge. It's all a matter of your response is about estrogen and it doesn't matter big or small as long as he's responding to your need. And if you're asking and he responds immediately with, yes, I'm so happy to, as you wish, as you wish. If anybody's ever seen the um, 
The Princess Bride. Did you ever see Princess Bride? No, I it's haven't. It's kind of a classic love story for couples to watch. You know, it's a cult love story. So many people watched it over and over. My children all know every verse. But there's this guy who wins over the beautiful woman because he's always says, as you wish, as you wish. And so that's the foundation of this game. He's always like, as you wish, as you wish. He's happy to be there for her completely, totally safe, no grumpies, no irritable. And she gets an immediate reaction, immediate response of positivity to feeling helpless, powerless. I'm not saying women need to feel that all the time, but you produce maximum estrogen when you can't do for yourself and you're dependent on others. So it's a fun game. And in the beginning, just fake your smile and very quickly your estrogen levels will rise and it'll be a real smile and a real joy. And men, fake your grumbles. Don't grumble at all. Just even if you don't want to do it, you think it's stupid, do it. And within, you, once you get the response, suddenly it's fine to do. Your testosterone goes up. So this is a way you can balance your hormones. And once they're balanced and whatever, you can also play this game in the bedroom, which is fun to do for 20 minutes as well. Where, and, and sometimes guys will say, well, what about me? What, actually, women will say this. Well, what game do you have for men? I say this game is for men. Men want to feel successful in making you happy. There's no greater gift you can give to a man than that. And women want to feel, as for men to know, that they can get what they need without, and free to ask without being afraid. Is he in the mood? Is he not in the mood? Is he going to say yes? Is he going to say no? Just feel safe. So these are some nice, fun things we can add to this time and grow closer in love rather than farther apart. And I'd like to be able to say to you, what are you doing all of next week so we can continue this conversation? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you talk to Helena because I'm home more. See, I'm doing more shows and more everything. Normally I'm traveling all the time and, you know, I love doing this and we'd love to do more with you. I would, at the next one, we would just have listed questions from people who heard this talk. That would be great if they're able to give you that. Cause I Sounds love answering. Good. Cause you know, you, you start with the basics and there's a million answers that can come out of me in terms of applying this creatively. You know, cr you have to be creative about solving relationship problems, but when you have the right facts to deal with, now you've got creative solutions, which are effective. So love to be a part of your uh, group anytime in the future. Thank you. No, thank you, John. Much appreciate your time.